Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Trust the Due Process podcast. From the Beam Team to the South Beach Sunscreen, we update you on all the biggest happenings across the NBA. I'm your host, Jordan Bible, along with my backcourt host and co-councilman, Sean Ramey. How's it going, Sean? It's going good. It's going good. Sweet. Back after our hiatus. Yes, we are back, finally. Um, We just had to take a little extra week off. School got a little crazy, but we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. (laughs) Plenty. We've got got too much to talk about. I'm I'm excited. Uh, it's all-star season and the trade deadline just passed this week it's it's gonna be you know arguably one of the one of the funnest pods uh, we've had yeah i figured the bulk of our conversations are going to be about the uh the trade deadline and the trades that happened um because there's some crazy ones um of course we're going to go through all of those or most of them some will probably definitely breeze through um some are not as big of a deal as others, obviously. Not not to spoil anything, but KD to the Suns is pretty big, and Kyrie to the, to the Mavs, RIP the Nets. But we were going to go go through and each give um, each team like a grade, a letter grade, if you will. My, my former teacher self wants to give some, some grades out. So I guess you can consider this like uh, like midterms almost. It's the, the NBA midterms. Um, Are we... So what I'm assuming is we'll start with the oldest trades and then work our way in. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what order. So I'm on the NBA website and it's uh, yeah, it, it's in the order. Yeah, it is. I, I we start with uh, a trade that that really kicked off. I mean, I guess you could say that uh, Rui Hachimura being traded to the Lakers kicked it off, but the real trade deadline buzz kicked off with uh, Kyrie. Yeah, um, yeah. Of course, I think we talked about the Lakers that that trade with Kendrick Nunn a lot last episode. Um, yeah. So if you want to hear about that, check out last two weeks ago episode. Um, oh. Last episode we talked all about it. But you're right. Um, I, we've been saying it over and over again. Like, what's the first domino to fall? You know, because it seems like, especially in the NBA, like teams need someone to do it first. You know, and then it's like, okay, now we can start trading. Um, and this was the big one. Obviously, um, the Mavericks got Kyrie and Markeith Morris. Um, the Nets got Dinwiddie, uh, Finney Smith, a 2029 first-round pick so they could draft um, a middle schooler, and then two future second-round picks. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I think that both teams, this is a B. Um, okay. I just feel like with this trade, and I know we're going to try to get through all of them so <laughs> possible. Um, this trade is a creation of special circumstances because you had Luca asking the general manager in the, in the front office in, in Dallas asking for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they obviously want to please Luca, but they don't have much to give up, give up. And then uh, you've got Kyrie, who asked for a trade from Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's just, like, at this point, a complete nightmare to be around. Yeah. So you had this conglomeration of these two teams kind of in panic mode and wanting to get something done before the trade deadline. And, and like, there's so many what-ifs with both with both of these trades. So, like, from the Nets' point of view, you get Spencer Dinwiddie back, which is great, and obviously mm-hmm. a big guy. But now they have no plan. Like, it's restart mode, even though at this point they still have KD. But obviously KD's gone, so, like, they it's restart mode. In 2029, first-round pick, like, who knows if the Mavericks will be good or not at that point? Like, who knows? Um, so it's kind of like meh. Like, yeah, a B. You know, B, B, B plus, maybe. Um, yeah. Like, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, Finney Smith is young, but, like, he's going to get traded eventually. Like, he's such a good 3 and D guy. They'll, they'll probably, you know, not this year, but he's a good trade piece for future future seasons. Um, and then from the Maverick side of view, you know, you've got... They also got Markeith Morris, who's a bench warmer power forward. Um, you know, Kyrie could be amazing. This could be an A+. Plus. Could be. Uh, 
on the court, um, but like off the court, it's very risky from what everybody knows. Um, one of the reasons they were getting mad at Kyrie and Kyrie was getting mad at, at the Nets is Kyrie started to get Twitter liking stuff, liking anti-vaccination stuff. And there's rumors that like he got talked to by the front office about that. And like he could leave this summer. He's he's playing for a deal. He could go to the Lakers this summer. Like his his extent he didn't extend. Yeah. He could be this year. So like a B is the highest I could give to the Mavericks because like this could be amazing because like they basically have the same team as they did, you know, when they went to the conference finals last year. Except you swap Dory Finney Smith for uh, Christian Wood. Yeah. And you- so you swap offense for defense. I mean, defense for offense, and then you swap Brunson for Kyrie. Um, and obviously, we see how good Brunson is playing for New York. But Kyrie's, you know, obviously better. But I don't know. We'll see. Mavericks since this trade are two and zero. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, for both. Yeah, I, I was going to mention just real quick, just some stats because we know this is one of the only trades that we that have happened that we have actually seen play out a little bit. Like we've seen, I know some in two games. So things could be different, but in those last uh, last two games, Kyrie has had 25 and 24 points, um, respectively. Um, I mean, it, it, I think he's happy to be there. Obviously, I don't think Luca has been playing lately. Uh, I think he's yeah. still a little, yeah. Um, and also, Dinwiddie in his first game hit a game winner for the Nets, and Dory Finney-Smith had a gigantic dunk. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think both there are too many unknowns, especially on the Mavericks side. Like this could definitely be an A plus plus if if things go super great, you know, in the best possible situation. But things could go south with Kyrie, as we mentioned. So, I yeah. think I think both teams are getting a B for this trade. Is 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 pretty good. Um, so, a couple of trades. Honestly, I think we can just. Pick to the big names, so like the next couple of trades, probably just mention them and, and move yeah. on. Yeah, just um, like. so after that, um, the Heat's uh, traded Deadman to the Spurs. The Heat get cold hard cash, and the cash. Spurs get Deadman. I'm so sorry. I'll <laughs> you let you, if, if anybody can tell, I'm actually on FaceTime, um, because I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, and so we just didn't want to, ri- it's not worth like. Getting getting people sick, so that's why I decided to stay at home for this one. Sean has the cooties, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like I said, he got cold hard cash. I mean, and the Spurs got Deadman. I don't even know how to grade this as a trade because it happened, right? So insignificant, and then the Spurs got a twenty twenty eight second yeah. rounder theme for this this trade dead, deadline is second rounders it's wild yeah and um i don't yeah i think for these trades they're so you know we just mentioned them and not great because you know <laughs> um the kings uh get kessler edwards and some cash and the nets get draft rights um to david how do you pronounce that last name Minshew. Minshew. i would say that Min- Michinu, yeah, I've heard it a few times. So that's a cool trade. Um, kind of big ish, medium size, maybe. Raptors are getting Pirtle. Um, at this point, do you think? Or sorry, and the Spurs get a uh, Kim Birch. Uh, Kim Birch. Kim Birch. Um, a twenty twenty four first round, and then a pair of second rounds from twenty three and twenty five. I mean, I feel like the Spurs are just trying to get younger. I think we talked about this. They're just trying to get younger and get more yeah. draft capital and hopefully... I'm... So, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Long pause right there as we look no. at each other. I would say for the Spurs, sure, I'll give this a B-plus or an A-minus. Yeah. It's an A-minus. You, you know, you have no aspiration for winning this year and you got to... No. So, um, for the Spurs, I'll give them an A minus because you have a twenty twenty four first round pick, uh, and I think it's like top six protected or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the Raptors get Jakob Purtle. This pick would be higher if the Raptors had done more, but they didn't do anything really after this. They did pretty much nothing. There was no OG being shipped or Van Vliet being shipped. There's nothing. So I, 
I will give this a B plus for the Raptors, just because mm-hmm. they got a new starting center over Precious Achua, most likely. Um, and he's super solid, a C plus B minus, I guess. But like they, they, you know, they needed to do more. And sure, they got a solid center in Pirtle, but like just, you know, not much. Like it's just kind of like they should have, should have done more. Yeah, I'm gonna also I'm gonna give the Raptors a C, a flat C. Um, not anything against Pirtle because I think he's good. He was on my um, fantasy team for a day. Um, so, <laughs> um, and the the Spurs, I would give them an A because I did. It's really hard, and we mention it all the time. Teams love to live in this mid-range. I think the Spurs are just, you know, getting more capital. Maybe they'll ship off some of these first-round picks for picks this year, or for, you know, a good depth. Um, they're just trying to rebuild at this point, and they've embraced it, so it's good. Um, now, here's the second big trade: this three-team trade. Uh, where the Lakers tra- traded Westbrook to the Jazz in this three-team deal. Lakers get the other Russell, D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, the T-Wolves get Mike Conley, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, um, and three second-round picks, uh, one being from the Lakers, 2024, and then two being from the Jazz in 25 and 26. Jazz get Westbrook, um, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones and a 27 first round pick again drafting a uh, I guess a high schooler at this point maybe maybe not a middle schooler but we'll see um, so th- th- this is I think I think the Lakers did great I'll go ahead and do my grades first um, say a B plus for the Lakers I mean they they had to get rid of Westbrook um, he I mean if you listen to our podcast you know how we feel about him I and mean, we we love him but just wasn't working he. Uh, Tends to shoot himself in the foot a lot and shoot his team in the feet as well. Um, so it was, t- it, was t- <laughs> it was time to move on. Um, they got, I mean, the Lakers got some good pieces. Russell, Beasley, Vanderbilt, I mean, pretty good. Uh, they also kind of got got rid of some of the Westbrook contract as well. Um, Timberwolves, no one wrote, I've listened a lot about this trade and not many people talk about what the T-Wolves got. I mean, it's fine. They got Mike Conley and some second-round picks and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I'd give them a B, you know. I mean, it's fine. Um, but the Jazz, I don't know. I, I don't see the Jazz holding on to Westbrook very long. Um, no, he's. I think it's pretty much guaranteed he's going to get bought out. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows where he'll go. Um, the Bulls, maybe. It'd be sick. Cause see Westbrook in a Bulls jersey would look really good. Jazz, I'll give him a C-plus on this, maybe. I don't know. Your thoughts? Yeah. So with the Lakers, with the Lakers, I'm going to go an A minus. Okay. Um, one, they got rid of uh, Westbrook. That's just you know, there's more rec- reports coming out of of just how bad he was in the locker room and with the coaching staff. Um, and then you've got a shooter in Malik Beasley, uh, who the Lakers needed, and yep. just you know, an exciting player. I think it's just good. The Lakers like to have fun. They like to play with pace. And Malik Beasley is a crazy good athlete. Yeah. Uh, Big fan of Jared Vanderbilt. He's a hard-nosed player. He's a really solid young power forward. I think he's going to go great next to AD. Um, those two alone, I think, are great. I think D'Angelo Russell is a bit risky. Um, unfortunately, you bring in, you lose a lot of risk factor with Russell Westbrook, but you bring in some risk factor with D'Angelo Russell. Um, yeah. But they, D'Angelo is a significantly better three-point shooter. Then Russell Westbrook, um, he's younger. Um, you know, he'll be the starting center. Center. He'll be the starting point guard. He's good at playmaking, um, but his immaturity is a bit of a risk. So it's good that he's already been in L.A. He started his career as the number second overall pick in L.A. Yeah. Um, pretty issues. Um, but just getting rid of Russ and... Bringing in two shooters and a hard-nosed physical power forward, all of them, you know, fit in need for the Lakers. And a lot of people are saying, you know, this Lakers team isn't a championship contender. I wouldn't go that far, but I do. I really do think the Lakers really improved. They've got they've got a legitimate like team. You have to respect now yeah. um, because they tipped out, you know, Thomas Bryant and Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Um, but I mean. 
I think the Lakers are pretty well put together on paper. I'm, I'm, I think they could potentially do well because at the end of the day, you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And we've seen, although he was younger, but we've seen just how much LeBron can carry a team. Yeah. Uh, going to the Wolves. So in my like list of like teams who I thought upgraded teams that downgraded teams that are neutral my last section was the i don't know teams and the Timberwolves are i don't know team um so i guess i'll give the timberwolves a b minus just because they got rid of russell and russell and gobert were not working no. um so if they got rid of russell also i don't think russell was part of their long-term plans he just wasn't working out there um and you bring in a veteran in mike conley who was starting the year really really well however he's like 35 he's really old yeah so I don't know what their trajectory is because, like, they're a pretty old team at this point, even though Nikhil Alexander-Walker is young, a bit of a firecracker. Um, but he's like, a, he may be good, he may be not. And then three first-rounders, sure. So with, with the Timberwolves, sure, I'll do a I'll do a B minus, C plus B minus, just because there's so much we don't know. Jazz, mm-hmm. uh, sure, I'll give the Jazz a B minus as well. You know, they got that. So... They got that first over. They first. They got that first round pick. You know, just like with the Spurs, the more first round picks, the better. Here, like, they're they're gonna buy out Russ. You know, who knows where Russ goes? Miami. You know, he may go to uh, the Clippers. But uh, so they basically got a first rounder, Juan Descano Anderson, Damian Jones, and they're gonna be a lot worse. So they're gonna have a higher chance of getting a good draft pick. So a B, yeah. a B for the Jazz, a B minus. C plus for the Timberwolves and an A minus for the Lakers. Yeah, the the, the only the only reason I'm solidified at a B for the, the Timberwolves is because you know, like you said, they got rid of Russell. I think I think they have Anthony Edwards. You know, they're definitely like moving in his direction. Again, kind of just trying to get some more draft capital. And I I mean, we all know how second round picks go. Maybe some of those will be shipped out later. I mean, it seems like especially this trade deadline, second round picks. We're exchanging hands like, uh, you know, like money in the casino. <laughs> it's just like wild. Yeah, a lot of second round picks, um, and um, we kind of mentioned this trade um, that the Lakers kind of shipped out some more people. Um, so the Nuggets uh, got Thomas Bryant. Lakers got Mo Bamba, um, Devon Reed, and a second round pick. Doesn't have the year next to it, so maybe that's just something. Um, and the Clippers got Bones Highland, <laughs> and Magic uh, got Pat Bev. So the Lakers shipped out Pat Bev. Um, twenty twenty four second round pick from Denver for the Magic and some cash considerations. I want to do this is off topic, but I want to research more on like cash considerations. Like, what does that fully mean? You know, like I really don't know. And sometimes like. Like with Dwayne Dedman, like it'll just be cash for sending out a player. Like it's so odd. Like I don't understand that at all. I I feel like that might be a broad term. Maybe like sometimes some contracts get paid off. I mean, I I feel like basketball is the only sport where that happens. It doesn't happen for uh, in NFL very often. But not a lot of trades happen in the NFL anyway. Um, this is another thing, another trade where it's just kind of like okay, some more pieces got moved around. Um, Lakers, I, I I think it's an extension of what we talked about with the last trade. I mean, I think I still think it's a B plus, right? I mean, I think it. In, in my mind, I'm clumping these two trades together because that's really what it is to me. Uh, yeah, pretty much slotting all the Lakers stuff together. Yeah, I mean the Nuggets. I mean, Tyler, they got Thomas Bryant. That's cool. I mean, I don't, <laughs> you know, not not a lot of change there. I don't think. So, um, what are your thoughts on this? So I would say, I mean, this was a four-team trade, which yeah. is quite, we had a four-team trade. I would say, like, you know, regarding the Magic, this is kind of like a neutral, like, don't even really need to give this a trade, like a grade. Yeah. The buyout, Patrick Beverly. Same with the, you know, the Lakers. I'll give the Lakers a B. Mo Bamba had a lot of potential still. They need, you know, a good backup big, especially because obviously in this situation they got rid of Thomas Bryant. Um, but something nice is Mo Bamba can stretch the floor, which is really, really nice. So you've got a shot blocker and a guy who can stretch the floor. So that's a solid pickup from the Lakers. Um, the Nuggets getting rid of Bones Highland, really weird, especially because yeah. this past got rid of Monte Morris to allow for Bones Highland to have more playing time. But Bones has a not the greatest shot selection, and there was some, some rumors of issues 
and disputes he had with the coaching staff for Denver. Uh, my biggest concern is Denver didn't replace Bones, so now their their backcourt is really, really shallow. They've really gotten yeah. rid of their... Um, sure, Nuggets got a backup big for Jokic and Thomas Bryant. That's that's an upgrade. But again, they lost Bones Highland. And then the Clippers, to take, to take a risk on Bones, absolutely worth it. The only issue is we're going to go over the Clippers later. They just got a bunch of guards, and it's just like... What are they going to do with all these guards? And then there's rumors that Russ might sign with the Clippers. So, yeah. So, a bunch of, like, such small trades. But, yeah, it's my two pieces on that. Two yeah. Cents. Yeah, usually I feel like, too, whenever – it's weird because, obviously, the, the deadlines happened, you know. Usually when, when these small trades happen, you expect them just to acquire capital to make a bigger trade. And, like you are saying, a lot of these teams just didn't make a bigger trade. Like, no. like, like it makes you wonder if maybe something was in the works and it just fell through. We probably will never know. Could have been. Uh, but, yeah, it's just weird. Um, another small trade. Um, the Hawks get Bruno Fernando and uh, Garrison Matthews. Rockets got Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky, um, and then two second-round picks. That's just another trade that we're just like, cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Suns got... Uh, Darius Basley and uh, Dario for a 2029 yeah. second round pick. Again, middle schooler. Just wanted you to know that. It's a middle schooler. And, <laughs> and cash. Another trade that we feel like is, you know. Um, here's one, and I know news came out last night about Gary Payton failing his physical. Um, I have not heard any more news about that, so we're just going to assume this is going to go through. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I go through this trade. Hopefully, connections well. So we've got another four-part trade, four-team trade. So the Pistons are receiving James Wiseman from the Warriors. The Warriors are receiving Gary Payton's the second, um, and three conditional first rounders from Atlanta. The Hawks are receiving Sadiq Bay, and then the Trailblazers are receiving Kevin Knox and five future second round picks which is <laughs> um just to go through them gary payton the second going back to the warriors is really weird just because you know they loved him and i'm sure they're happy to trade for him but it's just i don't get what what the trailblazers are a big disappointment for me this this trade deadline because like why do you sign gary payton the second to a big deal and then just ship him out the same year doesn't make any sense especially because their defense sucks and gary payton's good a really good defender um but obviously, you know, we're hearing he was playing through, I think it was quad soreness, and the Trailblazers were just saying, hey, man, like, just fight through it. And the Warriors did a physical, and they're like, wow, this is this could be potentially, you know, a bit more serious because the pain and the bruising is pretty deep. So, like, it's like, what's going on in, in Portland? Yeah. Um, and all five future, five second rounders, like, okay. And then taking a shot at Kevin Knox, like, he hasn't proven anything in the NBA um, you know, I guess, I don't know, the Warriors winning, getting Gary Payton back, absolutely. Also, I really like Sadiq Bey going to the Hawks. I don't know what the Pistons are doing. Like, just like the trail, <laughs> what the heck is, are the Pistons doing? Like, why'd you give up Sadiq Bey? He's young, and he's such a solid 3 and D guy. Homeboy, yeah. in the second year, had a 50-point game. He's He's so solid, like, Really good pickup for the Hawks to slot him in with Dejounte Murray, and and uh, that whole squad in uh, Atlanta. I'm a bit surprised Atlanta didn't ship out Clint Capella, but oh well. Um, this was a solid pickup. Um, and and I don't I, back to the Pistons. I don't know what the Pistons are doing. I don't really these. The only big enough name here is the Hawks. I would give receiving Sadiq Bay a B plus. Um, James Wiseman going to the Pistons. I mean, okay. Like, they've got Jalen Durham and Beef Stew. Why are you picking up? Like, why giving, you know, James Wiseman a second chance? You don't you don't need to. And, he like, James Wiseman was the second overall pick, so in his contract he can get a really big extension. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. Why would you stuff in a position to mistakenly, you know, get really high on this guy and then give him a bunch of money and realize he's not good? Which, like, he hasn't shown he's good in the NBA. Yeah. Um, I So this was tweeted exactly 40 minutes ago. 
Um, the Warriors have to make a decision by 9.30 p.m. tomorrow, Eastern Time, on if they want to rescind the trade um, due to the failed physical. So if the Warriors decide because of Gary Payton's uh, failed physical, they want to cancel it, they have the option to do so, but they, we would know by 9.30 Eastern Time tomorrow. So pretty interesting. Um, I guess all this could be undone, and then maybe yeah, that could affect the future of a lot of these players, you know? But Undone? Nothing's really going to change. No. <laughs> no. It's just weird. I, I I don't think I've ever heard of a a, a, a trade failing because of a failed physical, you know? It's just... Yeah. Yeah, weird. Super weird. But... Super weird. Uh, you got to study for those physicals, guys. Come on. you got to study for that. <laughs> and for that reason, that's why Gary Payton gets an F. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Trailblazers get an F for that. Um, here we go. Uh... Here's another one with a lot of big picks. Uh, the Pelicans trade for Richardson, and the Spurs get Devontae Graham and four second-round picks again. Second-round <laughs> picks. I'll... It's like, what? I mean, yeah. Uh, I guess that could be packaged later, you know? Maybe next year yeah. the Pelicans could just throw in those. Um, the, the inflation on second-round picks is insane, so... Um, some smaller trades with the Celtics and Thunder. Uh, Thunder gets Justin Jackson and two future second-round picks again. That's a pretty small trade. Um, we'll keep going for the sake of time. Did you say the Celtics get Mike Muscala? Oh. Sorry, no, you're good. Yeah, the Celtics do get Mike Muscala, which, I mean... He's a stretch big. That's yeah. fine. I don't know how much he'll play, but, you know, if he does play, another guy to stretch the floor for the Celtics, sure. Good. I mean, the Celtics are already still good. <laughs> So there's adding some depth there. Um, I don't know if they're the best team in the NBA anymore. Ooh, are, are, are you? Well, I, I guess we'll get there when we when we get there. We'll get there when we get there, I guess. Um, in a three-team trade, uh, the Clippers get Eric Gordon and three future second-round picks. Rockets get John Wall, Danny Green, uh, a protected pick swap from the Clippers, and the Grizzlies get Luke Kennard. Uh, this is one of those trades where I feel like. All three teams did decent. Maybe B's across the board. Maybe a B, me bonus in there. I'm good. I'm good with uh, B's across the board for these. Yeah, I mean John Wall. I mean, sure he's old, but yeah. Some people are saying he's going to get bought out. Some people are saying he's not. It doesn't really matter. You know, if the Rockets are the worst team in the NBA, and they'll probably end the season with being the worst team in the NBA. So they got rid of uh, Eric Gordon's contract, so that's a dub for that's them. Good. That's good. Um, I do like the Grizzlies getting Luke Kennard. Um, I think that's good that, for them. Big for the Grizz. Like getting shooting like that. And it wasn't working out with him in, in L.A., so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, and again, just some more. doesn't have the years for the second-round picks given to the Clippers, but uh, more second-round picks. Um. Now, here's a big, big trade involving your favorite team, um, the Hornets. Um, 76ers get Jalen McDaniels and then two second-round picks, one from Charlotte and one from uh, Portland. The Hornets get... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is a four-team trade, the Knicks, Blazers, Hornets, and Sixers. Yeah. Um, the Hornets also got a 23 second-round, 27 second-round Blazers got Reddish, uh, Mitzi Stiebel, um, Ryan. Idiakano. Yes. <laughs> You'd be a great announcer. You'd maybe go into that as a, as a <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would love to be a color commentator. That'd be You'd awesome. Be that. um, the Blazers also get a 23 first-round pick, and the Knicks get Josh Hart. So another trade where it's like, okay, this happened, you know. Bees yeah. across the board, maybe. I, no, no, no. Like, so this is the only good thing that the Blazers did. So Cam Riddish, you know, he, it's good he's out of the out of New York, and I mean the Blazers could use any help they can get, but like he hasn't really proven anything in the NBA, and it's concerning that he's been bounced around in such a young career. Um, Matisse Thybul, I like a lot. They need perimeter defense, however. Uh, Josh Hart is better than Matisse Thybul, so why did you need to ship Josh Hart out to get these three players? Uh, they got a first-round pick from New York. That's big. A 2023 first-round pick. That's big, but I would rather have real players. Like, 
like if these were reversed, I'd be like, heck yeah, Blazers, like way to bring in Josh Hart. He's going to be really helpful. Mm-hmm. So out of these four teams, the only real winner, in my opinion, uh, are the Knicks bringing in Josh Hart. I think he's his his three point shot has not been there this year, but hopefully he can get it. He can get it there. But like he's such a solid, gritty player. He's playing really, really well for Portland. Um, I don't know why they gave up on him, but you know I can see it from Portland's case getting Thibel and Reddish um, in a first rounder. But like the Hornets shipping out McDaniel's, he's playing well for them. And like they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Like why ship out when he, he's this is only his fourth year in the NBA. Um, he can stretch the floor, so I, I can see why the Sixers are taking a risk getting him and swapping mm-hmm. a bunch of second round picks like 24 and 29 for the Sixers and 2023 and 2027 I mean yeah I mean it's like you were saying earlier like for me to even it's hard for me to even fathom the year 2029 like who's gonna be good in 29 who's gonna be bad like is that gonna be a good pick a bad pick like who knows and it'll definitely get shipped around more before whoever ends up with it makes a draft pick you know um and I feel like, too, like we talked about earlier, this is one of those trades where you would expect one of these teams to, like, take these picks and ship them off somewhere else, but that didn't really happen. So, just another weird, weird trade. Um, another trade involving the Hornets. The Clippers got Plumley, and the Hornets got Reggie Jackson in the 28th second-round pick. What are your yeah, thoughts on this one? This makes no sense to me. <laughs> uh, but, like, the the only justification from the Hornets side is, like, because I don't care about a second-round pick. Like, the, the chances of you getting, like, a legitimate NBA player that lasts more than three years from the second round are so low. Um, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't buy out Reggie Jackson. Like, why would you keep him? Um, I liked Mason Plumley. He was a solid starting center now for the Clippers that's a that's a huge dub because like for the Clippers there's huge concern if Zubats got hurt in the playoffs you have no backup big like they had mm-hmm. no backup center he was the only center on the roster so to bring in Mason Plumley off the bench Mason Plumley now becomes the best backup big in the league he's the best backup center in the NBA now yeah I um, mean yeah Mark Mark Williams the rookie for uh, the Hornets he's a center so, yeah, you bring him in to develop, but that's the only justification I see from the Hornets. Um, but, like, the Hornets weren't even playing Williams at the beginning of the year. It just doesn't make, doesn't make sense. Like, it would have been fine playing Mason Plumley 25, 30 minutes a night and playing the rookie 25 minutes a night. Well, like, yeah. like you're not going to get any extra wins from that, but you get to keep a guy who the fans like in Plumley, who's a North Carolina guy, and then you yeah. also get to develop your rookie. Like, I'm not a fan of Reggie Jackson. Like, why'd we have to do this swap? I liked Plumlee. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And if you're going to tank for the future, why weren't the Hornets bigger sellers? Why is Terry Rozier still on the team? Yeah. Why is still on the team? Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, the, the Hornets are screwing themselves by not doing full commitment to the tank. They're really not. Yeah, I know you, I know you have a... You have a personal vendetta against the entire Charlotte Hornets front office and and, and Michael Jordan. I want the I want the dang Hornets to do so well, but they my entire life they've been awful. They're so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just we better get women, Yama. That's uh, like. Uh, yeah, it would have made more sense, like you're saying, if they just, like, blew it completely up and, like, okay, we're going to lose every game and whatever. But they didn't even do that. They're going to win a few more games. The yep. Rockets are still going to suck, and the Rockets are going to get the, per- the first pick. And then... Yep. So, for, for this, the, the the Hornets get a C+, plus and the Clippers <laughs> get an A. Yeah. A plus. The Clippers get an A+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great move for the Clippers. I mean... It was a super smart move for the Clippers. Yeah, I, I feel like the Hornets got taken advantage of, but I mean, hey, there's there's there, there's no, you know, and in this league, it's whatever. So now we have one one final right. trip. But yep, it is time. The hour has risen. 
Let's let's talk about it, baby. Yeah. Let's talk. So, do you want to go ahead, Sean, and talk through this this trade? Or? Uh, another fourteen trade. However, um, so this is the big trade between the Suns, Nets, Bucks, and Pacers. Um, so the Suns will receive from the Nets Kevin Durant hmm. and Warren. Okay. The Nets will receive Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson, as well as Juan Pablo Valet. Valet, yeah, yeah. Also receive from Phoenix four first rounders. Not second round, four first rounders. In the 2023, 25, 27, and 28 draft, the second rounder from Milwaukee. Another first rounder for Phoenix and another second rounder from Milwaukee. Yeah. In this trade, the Bucks receive Jay Crowder from the Suns. And finally, to round it out, the Pacers receive George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Nuara, three future <laughs> second round picks, because why not, and cash consider- considerations from Brooklyn. Wow. Uh, and uh, I just say, no need to talk about the Pacers. They bring in a couple vets just to fill up their roster and future on picks. Sure, that's fine. Yeah. Who cares? Let's talk about the Nets, Bucks, and Suns. Yeah. Um, I obviously I'm going to give the Suns an A. If I mean I I'm worried about Kevin Durant's injury. Hopefully, he comes back 100. percent Like we can worry about that. But I mean, long term. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Um, I know. KD and, and Chris Paul wanted to play together for a long time, and um, they're that, I believe they're friends off the court, so it's great. Um, and then of course you got Book as well. I mean that's a the only reason I'm hesitant is because if you think about what happened in Brooklyn when they had you know the big three, and then what happened, you know it's just yeah, like it. I I feel that will always kind of ruin for me. Just like I don't want to get too hyped, but this is an awesome yeah. deal for the Suns. Yeah. Of course, How I, oh. I would just like to say um, we've seen Kevin Durant do fine when he's in a good locker room, like yeah. in Golden State. And they're really – okay, I guess the Suns have had some locker room issues. However, they've all been centered around DeAndre Ayton. And obviously, Ayton is still there. Um, but, like, Chris Paul and Book are professionals, and Monty Williams is one of my favorite coaches in the league. Yeah. So – um I'm not con- I'm not con- too concerned. I would give this an A from the Suns as well. The only reason I don't give it an A plus is uh, Kevin Durant's uh, injury and like Chris Paul's age. So really, you've created, in my opinion, on paper, the best team in the league. Because also you've got T.J. Warren, a bucket. Um, but the thing is, their window is now, and that's because Kevin Durant. Could resign in like two years, so he just signed an extension, so he's going to be there for like two or three years. Yeah. Uh, however, the big thing is Chris Paul's age and health, and also, well, I guess DeAndre Ayton just signed a new big deal, but like, with the issues with Ayton, is like they could trade him eventually. Um, obviously, Book is in his prime, but their their window to win it is now, which is yeah. because in the West, the West is wide open. Obviously, you know. This this narrows the the big dogs of the East. Now it's obviously Nets are in rebuild mode. Yeah. So now it's a three team race between the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Celtics. Um, but uh, yeah, a I mean this is one of the most impressive trades I've ever seen. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give the Nets an A as well, um, just because. They uh, they had to get out of the situation. I'm not giving them an A overall as an organization because things could be handled differently. But after overall, the Nets are losers. To be to have Harden and Kyrie yeah. and this to happen. Yeah, I mean they are losers overall. I mean I think that's really poor management. I think I think this will be studied as like a masterclass and what not to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. I mean, like they they got out. Like, they, it could have been a lot worse, is what I mean to say. I mean, they got all these picks, Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson. I mean, they could either draft with those picks, or they could package them and trade away for someone else next year. 
Yeah. I just feel like there were there was a lot of worse ways for them to get out. So I'm going to give them an A on this one. I'm going to give them a B plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Mikael Bridges, and I like Cameron Johnson as well. Both of them are super young, and both of them are very talented. Um, and they did get, you know, five first-round picks. However, those are all from Phoenix, and mm. it's 20, 25, 27, and 28, and 29 for first-rounders. And they're all from Phoenix. But Phoenix, at least for the next three years, is going to be really good. Yeah. So those are awful. Those, those are going to be awful picks for at least 2023 and 2025. Um, and, like, looking at their team, so you've got Bridges, Johnson, you still have Benson. Um, you still have Nick Claxton. You've got Seth Curry, uh, Dory Finney-Smith, and, and Spencer Dinwiddie. In the East, if they're playing well, that's that's a playing team in the East. Oh, yeah. Which is <laughs> bad. Which is bad. Because that means you're not getting a lottery pick. Yeah. So now maybe I'll eat my words and these guys are awful, but I really don't think that's going to happen. I think this is such an all-around solid team, just like what we've seen with the Wizards and the Jazz, yeah. who are the race for the play-in, because they just, you know, they don't have a star, but they've just got so many solid players that are professional and who pass the ball, and they can, they're all NBA-level scorers and NBA-level defenders. Like, it just it just makes me nervous that they've they've gotten really mid and that's like i preached a thousand times not where you want to be and like we've said before the east is a lot more top heavy which means the base is really weak Mm -hmm. so with less talent you could make the play-in in the east yeah um that's why i'm giving a b plus because they in such a small amount of time they got just a ton of first round picks and two really good young players um but they they still have a lot of decisions to make yeah, I agree with that. Um, and that's a good point about the East being so, especially now. Like, I mean, the West has got gotten even more stacked. <laughs> the East has gotten even worse. Uh, so, and as far as those first round picks, if I were the Nets GM or front office, I would try and package those. Oh, obviously you can't do anything with the twenty three first round pick because um, that's this year. But maybe. You can drop it off on some bum team like the Hornets and get something. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be the best situation for them. The Bucks, I'll give the Bucks a B. You know, Jay Crowder's a good player. Um, and they they didn't give up too much, right? Yeah, I think I think with Jay Crowder getting back on that team, pretty much doing what uh, um, back when they made it to the championship – Mm-hmm. Uh, or Tucker, yeah, you know, just a hard-nosed veteran three and D guy. He just slots in perfectly. I think he's going to fit really, really well. He's been out the entire year due to immaturity and being a uh, a non-professional crybaby. But uh, hey, you'll be <laughs> fresh. Uh, um, yeah. Honestly, this is setting up for a Bucks Suns reunion with the Suns prevailing in the finals. Ooh. Uh, Oh, the Bucks the only the Bucks are the only top East team that got a rotation player. The Sixers and the and the Celtics really didn't get rotation players. Um and it's yeah. Right now the Bucks are the best team in the East just because of they've won nine in a row. Um on paper I still think the Celtics are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then but out of those three teams, the Celtics are playing the worst. So you've got the Bucks playing better. You've got Philly also playing really well. And then you've got um, the Celtics who are underperforming a little bit, even though um, they're not playing bad at all. They're still playing really well. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Jay Crowder, I'll give it a B plus. He fits perfectly on that team. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. We already talked about the uh, the Pacers as well. The Pacers exist. They got some vets, and they got some second-round picks, and some cash. They- Cold they catch. And uh, the the changing of players is not over. I think the buyout market is going to be pretty big. Obviously, mm. Russ, Westbrook's going to be bought out. Um, Patrick Beverly is going to be bought out. There's rumors of him going back to the Timberwolves. Um, obviously, the Heat 
and the Clippers are interested in Russ uh, today. Officially, this was our first buyout. Um, Terrence Ross was bought out from the Magic, so he's a firecracker. He's going to go really. He'll tag along to some, you know, champion championship aspiration team. Yeah. I want him to go to Philly. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. You know, who knows? Maybe John Wall will get bought out. Uh, yeah, we'll see. And and this is totally spur of the moment off the top, but. Um, I was thinking we could we could name our overall winner of the trade deadline and overall loser, you know. Um, so I think obviously the overall winner would be the Suns because they just got a lot better. I mean, obviously there's a lot of contingencies like, you know, are they going to mesh together, KD getting back and being 100%. But I think they're the the clear winner um, on paper at least. Um, my loser. Um, to piggyback off of Sean's rant is the uh, the Hornets, definitely the losers of this trade deadline. Um, do you agree with that, or do you have a different winner or loser overall? Or? I, I mean, it's hands down the Suns are the biggest winner. Yeah. Like, it's not... Um, the biggest loser? That's a good question. Uh, I think the biggest loser are the teams who didn't do anything, who are expected to do something. Okay. Uh, so the Raptors, um, I would also put the Blazers in as the big, biggest loser because they should have shipped out Nurkic or Simons or someone. They should have gotten someone. Right. Um, and didn't. You know, they shipped out Josh Hart for a bunch of people who they didn't need to bring in. You know, I I get the first-round pick in Matisse Thibel. That's fine. Taking a chance on Cam Reddish, okay. 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 Uh, but keeping Nurkic, who's who's good but just not good enough. Um, Simons is good but doesn't really fit Dame's timeline. Um, you know, the only two people who should have been left on the team are Lillard and uh, Grant. Everybody else, in my opinion, you know, they, they should have been like, hey, Brooklyn, we'll give you as many first-rounders as possible, and you can get Simons and Nurk. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I would say I would say there's the Heat as well. They should have shipped out. Kyle Lowry, um, yeah, I, I'm disappointed the Heat didn't do anything because the Heat are not good enough. No. The Heat, Heat, Pat Riley, there's no way Pat Riley is seeing the Heat in that same tier as those three Eastern teams we talked about earlier. So, yeah. you know, now we've got a slot in the East for someone to rise. Um, but I would like to say Atlanta is an all-around good team. They bring in Sadiq Bay, and Atlanta will figure it out. Um, you know, between Young and Bay and Capella and, and, and DeJounte Murray, I think they'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, like this is not going to be the end of people being shipped. And we'll, obviously, as the situation continues, we will report on that as it follows. Film very official saying that. Um, so we have about 10 minutes left. Um, real quick, um, we do have a new segment that we're going to do here in a second. But I just I just want to mention, because um, we haven't had one one of these since, um, or in two weeks. Real quick. Yeah. So I, did, I tried to count. I lost track a little bit. Um, I tried to count all of the second rounders traded, and I was around 42. So it's nice. somewhere around. Two second round draft picks removed. That's uh, a lot of of second round picks have exchanged hands. Yeah, I also found out I'm really bad at trying to listen and count at the same time. That's hard. That's hard. Um, But I also want to mention just the, obviously it's come and gone, the the John Morant situation um, with with the laser. um, I... Sorry, that was weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, how do I follow that up? Um, I just, I want to give John Morant the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe it was a laser. Maybe something. But you just got to pick your friends better, you know? I'm, I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like it's like a, a dad-to-son moment. It's like, you just got to, like, don't be re- yeah. Like, if I was I him, I would not hang out with those people anymore, to be honest. So, it's not worth it. I think we talked about that. 
on our own personal time. I don't think we did. Yeah. Yes. Do you wanna do you wanna just go through it real quick? Yeah. So um, just to short of it, real quick, just to keep it. Uh, there was like an altercation at the game, correct, against the Pacers. Right, yep. Um, and then that kind of transferred over. Uh, well, the altercation involved John Morant's friends, I should say. He was um, sitting court. Yep, he was sitting courtside. Um, and that, Yeah, and that kind of carried over to um, after the game. Um, and the Pacers bus um, was being followed by a vehicle, and a laser was shined into the windows of that Pacers bus, and there was an investigation to determine... If there was a weapon attached to that laser, the NBA has since dropped that investigation, maybe because they couldn't figure out. I, I, I thought, like, how would you be able to figure out if it's a gun? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to tell that. But um, Another little thing, so, like, this is the Pacers players and, and friends of, of John Morant, mm-hmm. and it is thought that the slow-moving SUV following the, the bus of the Indiana Pacers, uh, it's thought that John Morant in the SUV following the Pacers. Yeah, that's just, like, obviously John Morant is a really good, he, he's great. I mean, he's one of the best in the league right now. You know, I don't think there's an argument about his skill level and about how he could accomplish a lot of good things. But, like, why would you risk it, you know? Like, you know, just, like, don't hang around those people. Like, I get it. Like, it's hard to, like, you know, obviously I haven't had this exact, exact situation happen. Totally. <laughs> But, but I mean, I've in, in undergrad, I, I had friends I had to kind of slowly track away from because they were getting into some bad things. You know, it's just you know it, it sucks, but you gotta do it because you don't know what's gonna happen. So, especially because uh, he has a family. You know, yeah. yeah, it's not worth it. He's got a a business on his back. Like this is a business. You yeah, know? he's he's the face of a business, and he needs to be professional. And and you know the. As a team, Memphis Grizzlies are taking a lot of heat just because their competitiveness and fieriness, they've kind of let get out of control, and it's starting to form into kind of immaturity. Mm-hmm. At least that's how a lot of people look at it. Yeah. Um, I just, So I have a quote pulled up from Shannon Sharp. Me and Shannon Sharp don't agree on a lot, but this, he said it really well. Um he said that Jaw's a really good basketball player. Jaw did everything he could to lift himself and his family out of this environment and to get away from this. And for some reason, he wants to surround himself with these types of people. I think that's pretty well put. Yeah, maybe a bit biased. A bit uh, biased. <laughs> he got in a verbal altercation with Shannon Sharp. That's true. God. Uh, <laughs> I forgot um, about that. The league is watching him. Oh. And I'm them being a tough team. Um, however, it is getting a little, like, come on, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. and why are John, John Morant's friends, like, jarring with guys on the court, like... No, yeah, you shouldn't do that. I mean, like, that, that'd be like if, well, one, if we had friends. Two, that'd be like if, 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 if our friends were in the, were in the courtroom, you know, jarring the, the jury, you know. Super, with the, the judge. Super illegal, and I would get disbarred, so please don't do that. Um, <laughs> preemptory challenge. Preemptory challenge. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, moving on. We have a new segment, and this is perfect. We have five minutes left, so we have just enough time to run through some stats. Um, no, on list today. That's a bummer, but that's I got to be loaded for next week. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we had a lot of trade talks to do. Uh, but this new segment, Sean does not know what two players I picked I put I used a random NBA player generator, um, and I kept hitting random until I found two comparable players. This segment is called "Would You Rather Be This Person or the Other Person?" It needs a better title, but either this or that, this or that. I'm going to list two players along with their stats, and Sean and I are going to argue or maybe agree over which one we would rather play or be as, you know, whichever career we'd rather have. Good luck. I am a master debater. Nice. So I hope you're ready for this. This is going to be a tough one. First one is uh, Al Horford. Sure. Uh, you know, let me run through his stats real quick. His career played 993 games, 13.5 points a game, 8.1 total rebounds, 3.3 assists, um, 51% from field, or 51% field goal percentage, 
36 from three, 75% free throws. Second is Bradley Beal. Oh, wow. Drastically <laughs> different. Drastically different. Um, played 677 games, 22 points a game, four rebounds, 4.2 assists, 45% uh, from the field, 37% behind the arc, and 82% free throw percentage. So, obviously very drastically different players, both older. Um, one's both from Florida. Both from Florida. Completely random that that happened, but... Um, do you have any immediate reactions or thoughts, Sean, as to who... My, my immediate thought was, oh, Bradley Beal, he's the better player. Um, however, I think my answer is actually Al Horford. Okay. Because Al Horford, for pretty much his entire career, he's played meaningful basketball. When he came into the league for Atlanta, he mm-hmm. was on. He was already a part of a, uh, uh, a team that was going to go to the playoffs over and over and over. Um, even though they're embar- those later years in Atlanta, they're embarrassed by LeBron. But then from Atlanta, he went to the Boston Celtics, where he went to the deep into the playoffs. You know, conference finals after conference finals. This past year, going to going to finals with with the Boston Celtics. The only year he didn't was when he was traded to OKC, where he didn't play a lick of basketball. He just mm-hmm. chilled. I don't think he even moved to OKC. He just chilled, didn't work, and got paid millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's still a multiple-time All-Star. So even though Bradley Bill is a better, more exciting, fun player, uh, Bradley Bill has been on a, just a slew of miserable teams in Washington. Um, and I think I would rather live in Atlanta and Boston than live in Washington, D.C., so, Al Horford. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I, I, I failed to mention this, but Al Horford was a five-time All-Star. Uh, Bradley Bill was a three-time All-Star. Um, both were on their all-rookie teams, respectively. Both were on one all-NBA team. So, pretty similar as far as, I mean, obviously, Al Horford has two more All-Star appearances. He's also a little older. Um, yeah, oh, and... Uh, Al Horford was drafted um, with the third overall pick, and Bradley Bill was drafted with the third overall pick. Dude, I could not have played that any better. I swear it was random. I swear. That's pretty good, actually. Um, yeah, that is pretty good. I mean, yeah, like, obviously, like, if you look at, you know, Beal's numbers, they look good. Um, Isn't, I think one of Bradley Bill's nicknames is Big Panda. It is Big Panda. I have it pulled up. Uh, <laughs> Bradley Beal, that I like that nickname. Yeah, uh, he, the real deal. Bradley Beal is one of his nicknames. I like that. Uh, Big Panda, Blue Magic, Brad. That's not a nickname. <laughs> and Dr. Dre. <laughs> Weird. Um, Al Horford's nick. I think Al Horford has the best nickname. Godfather. Godfather. I've never even heard of that. Haven't either. Um, but I'm gonna have to also go with Al Horford here. I mean. Just, I mean, sure, he's you now hasn't won a ring yet. He could this year, maybe, uh, possibly. Uh, but he's also been pretty consistent, I would say. And like you said, he just loves the game. And I do not want to live in D.C., so that's <laughs> that's my choice. But costumes aren't worth it. No, I want they're not worth it. Sweet. Well, the music is playing. Any parting words, Sean? We're exactly at one hour. Perfect All timing. Right. It's happy to be back. Um, I'm excited for another week in the NBA. I'm really excited to see how these trades pan out. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm happy to be talking about it again. Ooh, we're back. And I think the the FaceTime worked well. Mama, so. we're back. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, it will be in person after this. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, real quick. I know this is a basketball podcast, but any any predictions on tomorrow's Super Bowl? Philly or Kansas City? Uh, I'm going with Kansas City. I think uh, they'll be riding high on winning MVP again, and uh, I think that uh, they have the experience. So uh, I'm going with KC. I am too, just because I don't like cities that burn to the ground when you win. So sorry, Philly. Yeah, sorry, Philly. Either way, it's going to be burned to the ground. So if you live in Philly, I would leave. (laughs) All right, we will see you all next time. Peace.